We all have them. We all have limiting beliefs that are keeping us feeling stuck in some area of our lives. In this conversation today with Nick Franson, we are diving deep into limiting beliefs, where they come from, how they show up for us. What are the ones that we even need to be paying attention to? Because we can't pay attention to all of them all of the time. And part two, we'll go more into the letting go process. Nick Franson is a licensed acupuncturist and functional medicine specialist. He is the U.S. distributor for the famous RubyMed products from Switzerland that change how you think. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, episode of Fully Alive. Today, I am speaking with Nick Franson. Um, Nick and I are going to talk about really digging into limiting beliefs. Where do they come from? Uh, what are they doing to us or for us? And ultimately, what can we do with them? How can we shift them? Nick, thank you so much for being here with us today. Mary, I'm excited, and I think this will be a lot of fun. So before we dive into our content, let's uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you and how you came to this work uh, around limiting beliefs. Yeah, so I'm a licensed acupuncturist. I uh, spent a fair amount of time and early in my career uh, learning a lot of stuff from Europe. In fact, I worked for a company out of Europe for a while, and I would go around and I would train all the doctors in the U.S. how to do certain injections and how to use some of these new therapies that were coming out of Europe, Germany, particularly nat natural stuff. So that's really what got me introduced to uh, some of these natural therapies. And they got some really great stuff over there in Europe that we just don't have over here. And so that really, I heard a lot of the doctors and their lectures and their speaking and some of the things that they were talking about. So that really kind of got me going on a, a path that was a little different than where I was at course, by then I had my acupuncture license and I was doing some regenerative medicine sort of things. But one of the products we worked on was a particular um, line that had to do with self-limiting beliefs hmm. and the ability that, hey, can we take an actual medicine, a homeopathic remedy, and actually help dissolve some of these patterns of belief that are limiting or they're negative or or past traumas. And so that was really of interest to me. And so that's kind of what I do a lot right now is work with those type of patients. Amazing. So give me just an example of someone that you work with and the work that you do with them. Just so again, that we have some context as we get into the. Sure. Sure. So I'll give you just a couple of case studies that we have. So I had a woman come to me years ago uh, and she had she was dealing with an eating disorder. She was by that time very successful with her business, very type A, just could run all day long and run a family and just do all sorts of things. But her health was really starting to take a toll. Okay. And she knew it had to deal with, um, with an eating disorder that she had. And she would, you know, time how she did things. And she was anorexic and bulimic kind of both at the same okay. time. Uh, so we began, uh, trying to dissolve and trying to figure out what exactly was going on. Now, with our method, we don't do a lot of talk therapy. Mm -hmm. If talk therapy worked for everyone, then we'd walk away and be happy and be done. But it seems like that's not the case. Some of this stuff mm -hmm. is so deep, you can't really 
place our finger on where it started or what, how it's really affecting us. So anyways, we did some work with trying to find which specific remedies and which uh, beliefs that she was dealing with. Uh, she went on the remedies for a little while and our therapy can take anywhere from three to six to nine to a year. But after about uh, three or four months, she came back and says, I know how this whole thing started. Really? Yeah, she said, I was 16 years old. I was on the track team and I was a fast runner and I was in great shape. And for some reason we were doing a weigh-in and I got on a scale and the coach said, oh, you're two pounds overweight. Now, you and I, Mary, maybe that happens to us. We have a choice. Mm -hmm. You're crazy, coach. Get out of here. I'm not two pounds overweight. Just, you know, could be in a jerk, right? But in her mind, it clicked. Oh, somebody thinks I'm two pounds overweight. Does everyone else think I'm overweight? And this began a cycle of body image issues, of, you know, of how do I get my weight lower? How do I keep muscle on? And this propelled a cycle of a decade of really, really destroying her health because of this belief system she had about how she should look mm -hmm. um, and how her body should essentially be. And this is, I mean, this is, I hear women with this sort of stuff all the time. Sure. And so that's kind of the stuff that we really get into and the kind of patients that we see. I love that. And even in that story, right, I, I love the description in there. Like, here's one day, one event, this happened. Somebody said this to me and I made it mean something big, right? And, and that's how all, I think that's how our limiting beliefs get created a lot. Um, so what we're doing here, just again, before we get into what the limiting beliefs are, really what we're talking about here is how we're shifting those. Exactly. But before we talk about shifting them, Talk a little bit about your perspective in terms of where these limiting beliefs come from, because I think that I, I, if you would have talked to me before I got into this work, limiting beliefs, I, I don't even know what that is, right? right. Um, because I wouldn't believe that I'm, you know, if I was that person, if I could look at myself and say, well, I'm okay, I'm lovable, I'm enough, like my conscious mind can say all of that. But if I remember one time when somebody said, Mary, just say the words, I am enough. I literally could not say those words. Mm. In my head, it's like, of course you're enough, Mary. Just say the words, say the words. But my heart wouldn't let me do it. Right. Right. To me, that is a core limiting belief. I'm not enough. Not enough in a lot of ways. Right. right? I mean, I'm not enough to be loved. I'm not enough to achieve what I really want in life as far as my business and you know, uh, money, for example, yeah. it, can, it can go in all sorts of different ways. And, 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 and we'll keep talking more, but, you know, I think about the body image, just as we're talking about yeah. that last example, I had a very um, influential podcaster who interviewed me and she's like, that's exactly what happened to me. She goes, I was young. And she says, I had a wonderful dad. He was amazing. But occasionally he would say things like, oh, Hey, gosh, you're looking a little muscular today. And he met, she, in this particular case, some men, it might be purposeful in this case, it was not, but she said to me, it was like, oh my gosh, I am getting too bulky. Maybe I need to, how to, so these beliefs, they can really cause a severe disturbance in what we manifest in our lives and they can affect our relationships. 
when we have a belief that I'm not enough. I mean, it, it can be a lot and it can really affect us. And it's only when you start seeing patients and you're hearing these stories that you go, my gosh, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, and and now that I'm in this work and I've done some of my own work, obviously moving past, I am enough. Am, am I done with it? Probably not. Right. But I'm much further along than I, than I was before. But I think there's, I would like to see if we could solve, if there's any mystery around these limiting beliefs. So we know that somebody can say something to us and we can make it mean something that was, may not have even been intended. Um, I was adopted at birth, right? And when, so at a very young age, that meant to me like, oh crap, I must not have been good enough or, well, there's the enough, right? <laughs> not enough. Um, or I must've been really bad. And so at an early age, you're creating these own beliefs about yourself. You don't know that, right? You don't know that the, you're creating these conclusions that you're now you're gonna have to live with for the rest of your life. <laughs> but this happens. So Tell me, is there anything else about limiting beliefs and, and how they create that can help us understand where we're going here? So I typically like to use the term subconscious limiting okay. beliefs because you subconsciously just spit out what your, what your belief was. And right. it was because it's part of you, right? Yeah. It deepened down. It's just kind of there. So these are subconscious, right? And they can be created in three different ways okay. uh, from what I sort of feel from my experience. So let's go through each one of those. So let's look at, uh, first one is trauma. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it could be trauma. Well, before that, let's start with learned beliefs. So okay. we've been talking about that already. Right. Someone says something or our parents teach us something. You need to be this way in life. Here's how the world runs. And so your lens that you view through is here's what I have to do to be accepted, to be looked at as pretty or to be looked at as successful, whatever it might be. So learned beliefs is one of the big ones. And our parents and our teachers are very responsible in our young age for implanting what is we are going to value for the rest of our life. And they can do a very good job. They can do an okay job or a very bad job. And right? not even intending, right? Their best could be really painful. Right. You right. know, and, and <laughs> exactly right. You, you know, you could have a parent who's just doing their absolute best and it's just really not very good. But, and, but then that becomes up to us yep. to, to learn how to break those patterns. Right. right. And to say, okay, I know my mom did this. She was doing her absolute best, but I know how to do it better yeah. when I do this with my kids. So we pass these things down. We do. So that's the first one is learned behavior. The other is trauma. You know, we can go through a traumatic experience. It, it can be abuse as a child. It can be a divorce. It can be the loss of a loved one. Um, it can be bullying. I mean, it can be a host of different things. And, and I have tons of stories that are associated with that where, you know, uh, you, you know, people were abused. And now I had one lady, um, she had OCD. And she okay. was in her 60s. She was in her 60s. And she had gone through a rape when she was about 17. And even now, she says, I know why I have OCD. I clean things all the time. I clean my hands, I clean the house. She says, it's because after that incident, I just didn't feel clean. Yeah. And here she was oh, manif manifesting this in every part of her life for 
for decades. She had lived in Haiti. And so here she was 60, you know, and for decades she had been this, I'm just not clean. And so she would have to clean everything around her. So that's how these things kind of manifest themselves. So trauma, of course, is a huge one. We can talk about some more cases later. And then the other one, inherited. So there are things that we get from mom and dad, whether we like it or not. There was a study done by Dr. Rachel Yehuda um, who studied Holocaust, uh, the children of Holocaust survivors. You may be familiar with this. So essentially she studied the children of, uh, who were the, who, whose parents had gone through a concentration camp or been through the Holocaust versus other Jewish children who had not gone through those sort of circumstances, found out that those parents who had been through the Holocaust, their children had much higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, making them more prone to anxiety, more prone to stress, to these sort of things. All because even though they were raised in a completely safe environment, they have now are receiving biological signals that they had passed down through the genetic code. What else can be passed through the genetic code? Lots of things, Right. right? Lots of things. But on the flip side, Mary, think about this. You have an individual who, uh, as a child, goes through a real tough time mm-hmm. and they have to struggle in life, and, but they overcome it mm-hmm. and they, they forgive and they become stronger for that. Can they pass that resiliency on to their children? Yeah. I bet they can. Yeah. So, so that's why you're like, how does this guy do this? I mean, he can right. just, I mean, he just goes and it's just like it doesn't even affect him, right? Right. So we can pass those sort of traits on as well. So those are the three main ones, trauma, learned behavior, and inherited. And that's kind of how we we develop these sort of things. Well, and I think that through those three avenues, it, it would surprise me if anybody came through their childhood without limiting beliefs. Absolutely. I think that that was one of my hangups, even though, you know, I would never, I wouldn't now call adoption a trauma, but I experienced it as a trauma as a kid. Um, And so that was, for me, it was, it it was hard to own that. And so I think that a lot of people, I don't have, I have, I wasn't raped or I didn't, you know, I wasn't physically abused, right? We look at these big traumas and say, well, that wasn't me. That means I didn't experience trauma. Right. But there's trauma with a little T too. There is too, trauma with a little T. I remember when I first started um, working with these particular remedies, mm-hmm. uh, they tested me, right? And they said, okay, the first set of limiting beliefs or subconscious blocks you have has to do with isolation. And I'm like, I grew up on a potato farm in Idaho. Okay, you know, I had, you know, four brothers and sisters, you know, I had a great home life. I had great parents, a little teeny town. I mean, the worst sort of things we did in our town is, you know, steal stop signs and kiss too many girls. You know, that right. was probably the, if we could find them because it was so right. Cool, right? So right. you had to go to the next town. That's right. So essentially it, um, I'm like isolation. They pulled up with this in isolation. I said, okay, well, I'll take the remedies. And so I, I, we have the homeopathic. So I started taking them and after about two weeks, one of the biggest side effects you get with when you start these is vivid dreaming. Okay. They sort of have the ability to subconsciously go in and root out some of these negative belief patterns. So you don't have to believe, well, this isn't going to work for me, or it just seems to work. Okay. I had a dream. 
And in this particular case, it was an old memory, one I had not thought about probably since the time it happened. So I saw myself probably about eight recess going out to go play on the baseball diamond with some of my friends and two of my friends started making fun of me. And I saw myself just turn right around, walk away and go play on the monkey bars with somebody else. And it was as vivid as, as if I was almost there. And I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of dreams, right? I'm not one of those people that dream every night and they're all elaborate and they're, you know, just creative and crazy. So for me, this was a, a big deal. And as, and it took a three, this, I was on this particular combination of remedies for three months. I began to think, you know, maybe I do tend to isolate myself a little bit, you know, um, instead of maybe talking through something, I just kind of just walk away and go do my own thing or, or I'll just ignore it and just kind of go be by myself. And so this was just one example of what these particular remedies can do and how these beliefs can be really, really deep. And you may not even know where they came from. Right. And I think that um, it's it, that curiosity when I first started about limiting beliefs, like, oh my gosh, okay, so I might have these. Let me dig in and let me find them all. Like I want I'm still operating from my head, right? I want to right. find them all so I can fix them all. And and um, it seemed it seemed like um, I would never find the bottom of it, right? I'm not going to get to the bottom of this. <clears throat> and that's when I had to pull back and say, okay, I, I don't need to go looking for these. I, I it's I can really look at what are my challenges right now. You know, when you were telling your story about your dream and, and your experience with isolation, um, and then later you, you talked about some of your strategies, right? Well, I might just avoid things, or if, if I didn't get the reception I wanted, I might just step aside and go do something by myself. I think, A, we don't have to go looking for our, our limiting beliefs. We can just look at how are we interacting with our relationships now what's our health looking like now what is my work life like am i do i feel fulfilled do i feel like i'm accomplishing something um i promise you i had a i'm having a little mind freeze here. i know sometimes that happens you know um, sometimes that happens let me interrupt you here and just go with something because what we really we, we kind of get mixed up on is we think we, when we say we do the work, yeah. Some of the time, these things aren't even conscious. We don't like, even like, really know yeah. where they're coming from. And so, to go to a talk therapist and say, "Oh, yeah, we're going to talk this out," where do I start? Exactly. You know, it may you may think it's this, or you may think it's that. When in actuality, it could be something completely different. And that's what this method that we use seems seems to help is um, recognizing. Hey, you know what? I do kind of isolate myself. Now, what's interesting is uh, your your spouse will most likely tell you, "Oh, yeah, he totally isolates himself," or "Oh, yeah, you know, she's she acts this way and does does this when this happens." But of course, yeah. you can't can't tell that your spouse exactly. or your friend or something like that. But it seems to allow you to recognize it within your own self and I go, love "Hmm, maybe that is right." I had one uh, practitioner tell me, she said, I had a, uh, I, I treated a police officer one time and uh, about two months, two months in, he came back and said, These, this is pretty good stuff. I mean, this is just a police officer, right? We're not, you know, 
really going, he's not analyzing things. He says, but I was at work the other day and the lady at the front said, death said, we don't know what you're doing, but you're a whole lot nicer. We like you a whole lot more. So mm -hmm. keep doing whatever you're doing. And he was like, huh? Yeah. I had no idea that maybe he was an ass, you right. know? And all of a sudden everyone else recognized, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because we like you a whole lot better. Well, and I, that's where I was trying to go with this um, previously was when we have these beliefs, we also create these behavior strategies that are going to protect us from feeling that pain again, right? right? From protect you from feeling that isolation again. So now you have your strategies. You're going to be in charge of your isolation. You're not going to let someone else reject you. And unconsciously, as you say, um, we're doing this all the time. And so then we don't know why is it hard for me to connect with people? Right. I'm so nice. I'm I'm saying the right things. I invite them and I just get this pushback. It could be because really your your thoughts, your conscious mind says this is who I am and this is how I act. But unconsciously, you've got a whole nother route going. Right. You've got a whole nother program in operation. And that one is always going to dominate over the conscious one because we can't consciously give enough energy to eat our our moment to moment interactions right? To, to stay aligned with that the while the unconscious programs are just running automatically. Yeah. I mean, you can only fake it for so long. Exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. You know, maybe it's a social situation or, uh, you know, a first date or something. I mean, you can only fake it so long yeah. and then your programs are who you are. Some of them are great and some of them are helpful and wonderful and some of them are, are not. And that's okay because that's, yeah. that's how we are. So we find those things that we want to adjust and see if we can make some, make some changes. I love that. We, you can only fake it so long. Of course, in, you know, in relationships, as you say, but in business too. Like I think that as we're starting a business, um, we're, we're still figuring out who we want to be in this business and am I being that person? And so, you know, if we're not in alignment with who we really are, then we're trying to be what we think we should be. And we can only fake that for so long. Right. You know, I mean, businesses, of course, uh, you know, that, you know, you're going to carry your personality into your business situation. Okay. You know, maybe you're a real jerk and maybe it's worked for you okay, financially, but maybe it's messed up your relationships or maybe you're really great with people, but you just have that money block or you're like, mm -hmm. I just, I, I just can't. Maybe I don't think I'm worth making, you know, half a million dollars a year or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's blocks there, you know, maybe, maybe you have the, the, the kind of, I call it the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost the virtue block. Well, I don't think it's right to earn that kind of money because yeah. I need to help people and I need to be a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a purist or, or something of that nature. So there's all kind of blocks, you know, I would just give all my money away if I made that kind of money. And there's these people are out there. They are. They are. Right. And yeah. that's not always healthy to, to think that way. Right. So we're kind of looking at things at all different angles and it's just it's part of life. It is. And I like what we've talked about so far, right? How these limiting beliefs are, get created in the first place and then how they impact us even as adults, even as if consciously I can say that really wasn't that big of a deal. I can understand the situation now. It's not the same. But if we experience trauma or we create a belief about ourselves in that experience, we've also created our behavior programs 
that are going to go along with that. And that's what we're going to be operating from. And that, I think, is why we feel stuck, because we can't consciously think our way out of that. Right. A so lot of like this that can help us get past the brain part, get past this conscious uh, awareness and just get right to the issue. I have one. We do not have a lot of talk therapists that use our use our system because they're kind of the purest mentality, right? Well, I can help people just by talking through that. But the ones who have dove into it will say, Nick, I can get three years of improvement in six months because things come up that the patient wasn't really aware of. Or I've been working with someone for two years and we all of a sudden got more improvement in six months than those previous two years. Right. Um, <clears throat> on a business standpoint, and we, we deal with things subconsciously, we've dealt with some racehorses in the past. Okay. So, which is kind of fun, but, uh, the developer who created these remedies out of Germany, he was telling me this story. He said, I had a, a guy in Kentucky and he had heard some of our research and we have some clinical studies on how it works. And, and he's, and racehorses, if you know anything about them, they're very jumpy, very stressed, very anxiety sort of animals. And so he um, had been given him a combination of some of these emotional remedies and he started winning races and uh, he started performing way better than he had been doing before this racehorse. And the German doctor said, hey, you know, we'd love to maybe break into the industry and do you have anyone you can refer us to? And he's like, you know, my competition, right? That's exactly right. He's like, nope, yeah. I'm not referring to anybody. We're not talking about this to anyone. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that's how this stuff can work. You don't have to talk through it, right? Or be aware of what it is. And uh, it can still work. It can bring those things up and it can let them energetically just kind of let them go. So talk to me a little bit about the letting go process, because obviously as a coach, most of my ser services are rooted in talk therapy models, right? Right, right. Um, and in that process, when we do find our, our limiting belief and the emotions that are attached to that, um, the letting go process can be dramatic. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and it can feel really uncomfortable. So what is the experience like of letting go with these kinds of remedies? Thank you for listening to this conversation with Nick Franson today. I hope that you are already coming away with some clarity around limiting beliefs that may be holding you back or keeping you feeling stuck. In part two, we're going to dive deeper into this letting go process so that we can be free of these limiting beliefs once and for all. I hope you will join us then. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.